just want to read a little more from what Pastor Garrett just led us through in 2 Corinthians 5 as we continue to let the Spirit prepare us toward the table for communion in just a moment. 2 Corinthians 5, this is what Paul said beginning in verse 16. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, because we no longer regard things of the flesh, but everything through Jesus, who lived, who died, and raised from the dead, and is now seated at the right hand of the Father, based on all those realities, if anyone is in Christ, the anointed one, Mashiach, Messiah, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And then Paul goes on and he says, All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself, gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, and then he goes on to describe, here's what it's about, him calling us to himself. Here is this ministry that he calls every born-again believer to, this ministry, a daily pursuit of Jesus' ministry of reconciliation. And here's what he says it is. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. So think about some of those realities. So often we come to 2 Corinthians 5 and we praise the Lord. The, the old is past, the new has come. If anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. And yes, praise the Lord for that. Because every one of us here who are born-again believers, we've experienced that and, and we have confidence in that. But the equal reality is that every one of us, because we are recipients of this reconciliation provided through Jesus as Savior, we are called, in fact, we are commanded by Jesus to daily live pursuits of reconciliation that honor and well reflect the reconciliation we are beneficiaries to. He says, we're called to this ministry of reconciliation. Verse 19, he's entrusted to us this message. Therefore, we're ambassadors for Christ. Verse 20, God making his appeal through us. Consider the weight of that reality. God, the Lord of heaven and earth, the creator of all things, in making a path of reconciliation for us, he then uses us as instruments of honor and blessing to make his appeal to all humanity through us. That is heavy. That's a huge reason why we, a handful of times a year, pause in our regular rhythms of Sunday morning service and we intentionally get in a, a position, a heart, a heart posture where we allow the Spirit to, to move us to this table physically, move, this, move us to this table emotionally and affectionately and spiritually so that we don't forget the weight of the reconciliation that's been accomplished on our behalves and the weight of reconciliation that we are called to until our very last breath. Verse 21, the, the culmination of mercy and grace. 
for our sake, God made him, Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That first part highlights the mercy of God. Mercy, the act of God withholding what we rightfully deserve. The only greatness of God we deserve in our humanity is the fullness of his wrath. This last week, these last nine days, we spent some precious time in Concan, Texas at Garner State Park. You know our family well enough that that, that's something we do every single year. And these last few years have been especially um, sweet because what we've done is we've gathered there at the beginning of summer with family and friends. And then we come back here this first Sunday of June, two years now in a row, and we come to the Lord's table. It's it's a reminder and a, a reset for the summer ahead. And if you go back... Three years ago, or yeah, three Sundays, or uh, this time, this was our first Sunday back after we had to close down with COVID, if you remember. We closed for 11 weeks, and then we came back the first Sunday in June. And so this first Sunday in June has become extra special to me, and, and shepherding you, and just so sweet. And so we intentionally create a pause, and this last week was special at Garner State Park, but I found myself crying for mercy every single night. Because yours truly, we camped in a screened-in shelter, but instead of living and sleeping in the screened-in shelter, we just kept our clothes in there this last week, and we set up our tent, and we slept in our tent. And there's a thing called a tent fly where you're supposed to put over the tent to keep the rain and the elements out. I don't know if you know anything about me, but I've got some overactive sweat glands, so I don't like the airflow through the windows of my tent to be blocked or hindered. So I chose to not put up the fly on our tent. I just chose to check the forecast every night. And my wife reminded me every hour, Honey, have you checked the forecast? Is it going to rain? You should probably be safe and just put the fly on the tent. Every night I check the forecast. Nine days, 0% chance rain. Thank you, God, for being merciful. Three nights before we leave, my bride wakes me up at 4 a.m. and it's sprinkling through the screen of our tent. She's saying, Coleman, it's raining. And I just looked at my beautiful bride, just stunned in her beauty. And I went all Jesus on her. I asked her a question, and I said, is it raining? She said, it's sprinkling. I said, it's sprinkling. Is that rain? The forecast says it's going to pass any minute. We got through one night. She goes back to sleep, and I'm legit, being completely honest here. God, would you please be merciful? Please do not give me what I deserve. Would you withhold the rain to withhold the wrath wrath of my wife for the remaining time of our vacation? And kid you not, five minutes, the rain stopped. It was amazing. The next night did the same thing. We got all the way up to the end of our vacation. 4 a.m. yesterday morning. Dad, gum it. I go to bed Friday night, about 11 o'clock, I check the forecast. It says 90% chance rain, 4 a.m., 5 a.m., 6 a.m., So instead of telling my bride, I just pray for mercy from the heavens. (laughs) It didn't work out too well. We ended up taking the tent down at 4 a.m., and we moved into the screen shelter. Jennifer withheld her wrath from me, and we're still here together. (laughs) I found myself in a most tragic, commenting way of just praying, God, would you withhold what I deserve? But what I love about 2 Corinthians 5 is it doesn't stop with 
highlighting what God withholds from us. For the wages of sin is death, Romans 6.23 says. We deserve death as a criminal, fully condemned on a cursed tree, hanging on a cross. But God withheld that from us. But the greatness and goodness of God is so great and so good, it doesn't stop by just extending mercy to us. He extends grace as well. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin. He withheld the punishment our sinfulness deserved so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That's the culmination of this table of grace. Not just the mercy where the greatness of God withholds his wrath from us, but it's the grace as well and says, based on all that God the Son has done on your behalf that you could never accomplish on your own, I am lavishing you with the fullness of my grace, the full measure of everything you can never deserve in the riches of my glory. I am lavishing righteousness on you so that I don't see your failures anymore. I don't see the guilt that continues to weigh you down. I don't see the broken past of regrets. I see you covered in the blood of my son, Jesus and you are fully righteous before me. It's this mercy, it's this grace that God calls us to continually move and live in. And my hope for us as a church family this morning in our intentional pause of coming to this table is let us never forget it's a daily direction we're called to as believers. We've been reconciled for all eternity, but we're called to repent and carry out reconciliation daily. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul talks about the vision that the Lord gave him regarding the, the table of grace, the Lord's Supper. He said in verse 23, I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And notice verse 26 and 27. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself. Then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. The mercy and grace of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ, should move us. And this service is an intentional way of us posturing our hearts where we might be in a place of saying, Lord, would you move me in the direction of reconciliation? Would you move me in an ongoing direction of repentance toward you in this ongoing pursuit, following Jesus as his disciple? So what we're going to do in just a moment, Pastor, I'm going to pray for us, and Pastor Garrett and the team, they're going to lead us in a song just reflecting on the reality of, of this gospel, the mercy and the grace and the fullness that we get to experience through Jesus as Savior. And we're going to invite you to come take these elements and go back to your seat, and we're going to take them collectively because that's the spirit of communion. But as we continue to walk through this time of prayer and this time of worship, I want us to be very clear about what God desires of this time.
This is a time set aside for believers. Any man, woman, or child, any age in here who have sincerely professed Jesus as Lord and Savior. If you know him personally as King of Kings, Lord of Lords, you are invited to come take of these elements and participate in consuming these in just a moment. But if you've never made a profession of faith on Jesus, this is not for you. But our hope, in all sincerity, our hope, based on the grace and mercy of Jesus, is that you becoming aware that this is not for you would spur you to a decision of placing your faith on Jesus. And so as believers during this next song are walking down and, and taking elements from the table and going back to their seats, I invite you, if you've never made a decision of faith on Jesus, come find me. I'll be worshiping here at the front row. Come stand beside me and let me know what God is doing in your life, and I would love to lead you in what those next steps of obedience might look like. And maybe today would be your first time of taking of these elements and remembering and rejoicing in what Christ has done on your behalf.